The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. And from time to time, I like to interview people that somewhat intrigue me. And not too long ago, I received a tweet message from one Lady Supernova who was talking about how intriguing it might be being a lifestyle dom to be interviewed for this podcast. And here we are, Lady Supernova from New York City. Welcome. Thank you. So you are a medical professional, an erotica writer, and lifestyle dom. Which one of those came first? Uh, actually, a uh, lifestyle dom. Uh, I've been doing kink since I was 18, and I'm 36 now. So I've been in the lifestyle for a pretty long time. What brought you into the lifestyle? So like many of us, it was actually the internet. Um, I used to be on, I think it was Color Me at the time and uh, started, you know, kind of researching on there and alt friend finder. And I met people online and, you know, I think my first interaction was with someone who ended up buying me lingerie and then my second was with this guy who had a motorcycle and a ferret and it's all history from there. Motorcycle and a ferret. That's an yeah, interesting combination. Yeah, it was an interesting character. So what brought you to the world of kink? Um, I think one of the things that I really love about kink is the way that my brain will turn off and be entirely in the moment and really just like present with my partner. Uh, and also it's always exciting and interesting. Uh, there's always something new to explore, a new avenue of my own kinks or seeing what my partner might be interested in. Well, I always call it the world that we live in where the rest of the world goes away when we're in it. Exactly. That's exactly it. Can you describe to me one of your first experiences and how you knew those moments were so special? Uh, so 
I'm I'm just I'm trying to think back. It was so long ago. Um, so actually it was it's my sub who is is still my servant. Um back when I was 18, he came to visit me when I was still uh living in New England and um I had him in a hotel and I did a such a you know a terrible job of tying him up, but just the you know, having him on his knees was just this like rush of power. Um and it was intoxicating was there something that had inspired you to do that when you were younger was there uh just a, a moment that made you go yeah i might be interested in this you know i can't think of anything specific i think it must have been just been like clicking around and talking to strangers online which is kind of amazing i mean i've always been like a pretty forthright woman you know, someone who really had strong opinions and wanted people to be doing the things that I wanted them to do. So I think that might have led into that. So how did you find your first sub? Caller me. Okay. And what was it that brought you together? Was there a common interest? Uh, I think that I was just interested in exploring and he had had some experience and was willing to come see me. Uh, he actually lived in New York and I lived in New England at the time and he came to serve me and he's actually been serving me ever since. What has been the best part of that relationship? Has it been the fact that you have someone who is so devoted to you or has it been the exploration or the journey? What, what has been most special for you in that? I think it's, it's shown me that you can have relationships in different ways. I think that's one of the things that's been really interesting. You know, he lives with um, another vanilla woman and he's been my servant through this whole time and kind of watching both our, our friendship and our kink relationship deepen over that time. So he's able, he, he's allowed to have one vanilla relationship. He's not allowed to have any other dogs. When you look at the scene, are you uh, a one, a one sub dom or do you have more than one? Um, so I have a couple of submissives um, and well, okay. So I have two submissives now um, and a couple of casual play partners. Uh, I am, you know, looking for, a long-term DS relationship, kind of like a female-led relationship, ideally. That's my goal. How have you gotten yourself involved in the New York City community? Because I'm guessing it's pretty big, but at the same time, that can be pretty overwhelming. So I go to a number of munches um, in New York City. Um, I also run uh, the Kinky Jewish Munch. Uh, I started that last February, kind of to give back to the community after being a part of it for so long. I was in a couple of FetLife groups and people kept being like, we need a munch, we need a munch. So I decided that I should just run it. And how successful have those been? Um, pretty wonderful, actually. I've made some good friends and, you know, a couple, one of them, we even had up to 30 people come so it's been really wonderful to to be able to see that grow. What's the scene like in New York City for a lifestyle dom? Um, I think there's there's been a couple of um there's a couple of lifestyle munches um and you know there's a number of different kink parties that people can go to. You know, everything's changed after COVID, right? Like 
everything's kind of different now, but um, there's a number of munches and also parties. Um, but I mean, I don't really distinguish necessarily between lifestyle and pro-doms in the mm -hmm. sense that like, I think that everyone's, if you're dominant, you're dominant. And that's, we all share that. You mentioned in your bio, erotica writer. When did you start writing? Um, so I've been writing, I mean, honestly, since middle school, but um, I started writing erotica kind of throughout my kink journey. And um, I've gotten more into it in the past, I'd say like five five years. Um, and I really enjoy that. And, you know, people started responding really positively to it when I started writing on Fat Life. Um, and I had a blog for a while. And then eventually I moved everything over to my Patreon. What is the thing that most connected with people? Did you have a certain article that people just gravitated towards? Um, I think that I, the way that I write erotica is very much based in the scenes that I have. And so I think that makes it feel very authentic and realistic. Um, a lot of times, like I'll think I'll have a scene and then I might write about it as if it were erotica. Um, so in that sense, I think it, it feels like, like, like you're having the scene yourself. And I think that people really tend to like that. Let's talk about some of the things that you enjoy. And I'm going to start with medical domination because that seems to me for somebody who's a medical professional, that, that would be pretty interesting to do. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it was, it was a bit, um, I'll say this, like I had, I, it was something that I struggled with having as an interest because I am a medical professional and kind of being worried that that would somehow taint my interactions with patients. That's very much never been the case. I'm never interested in, in doing that with patients. So that was a worry that I really didn't need to have. Um, a lot of the medical play that I enjoy um, involves uh, like needle play or sounding have been things that I really enjoy. Uh, both of them have also, you know, gotten to draw blood um, so as part of a scene. So those have been really cool experiences. Sounding is not something I've ever experienced. I'm not sure if I ever want to experience it. From the top side, what is the joy? I think being able to fill a submissive, fill, fill their holes, so to speak, is something I take a lot of joy in. What is it that just lights the lamp for you there? There's always that little tinge of, of fear and um, discomfort, but also sounding can actually be really pleasurable for people. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, said, I, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but so noted. Uh, worth sensual, a try, right? Worth a try. Sensual domination, obviously, the senses are the most erotic part of any kind of scene, especially when they're sometimes deprived. Do you enjoy the hypersensitive or the sensual deprivation side of things? Uh, I think... I enjoy the hypersensitive, like like really light touching, um, kind of seeing people twitch just the second you touch them, um, you know, when they're on their knees for you and you run your hands like very lightly across their skin and they kind of just squirm for you. It's magnificent. You've mentioned on their knees a few times. 
And while obviously that is very powerful at the, on the other side of it, it is obviously submissive, but it's also uh, a sense of respect. How is it that you earn the respect of your subs or do they freely give it to you? I've been very fortunate that I've got from most of my submissives, I've gotten respect from the beginning. I wouldn't play with anyone who doesn't. But I also think that treating submissives like people first and submissives second is really the way to get that respect, right? I think in the kink scene, a lot of times people can just treat one another like, you know, you're a bottom or you're a sub or you're a top or you're a dom. And they don't really think about the people underneath those titles. And I think that treating each other like human beings with a story is the most important part. Do you have a favorite part of the story that you've had with your longtime sub? Was there a scene or two that just really resonate in your mind? Um, I used to take him, so he's a very picky eater. Um, and I, this was, I would take him to this Dom's house and I would make him eat um, tuna sushi and he, you know, just despised it. And I think for me, it's finding those little things um, that might be difficult for that specific submissive rather than difficult for people in general. That's always a fun thing. You mentioned taking him to a Dom's house. Have you been able to meet more people that are in your, in your uh, circle, I guess you could say? Um, yeah, so I attend a lot of events by uh, She Magic. She runs some excellent kink events that I've met a lot of Dom friends at um, in New York City and, you know, met some folks on discords as well. So it's been really nice to connect with other Doms. Is New York City an open place or is it a conservative place? Well, New York City in general is pretty open. I mean, you know, I, I probably... I personally wouldn't do any public play like out in the middle of the street. Um, but, you know, we have a number of parties happening pretty frequently. And so people are pretty open about it. One of the things you mentioned, psychological domination. Describe that for me. I think for me, that means when, that submissives are thinking about me very frequently even when I'm not around. So finding ways to make that happen, either through training them in ways that they need to contact me every day, you know, whether that be like twice a day during specific times, or for me, often that might involve chastity play so that they're, I'm in the forefront of their mind throughout the day. I love that kind of play. It's, it's always great, especially after impact play when, You've left a mark that is so distinct and so powerful that all you can do is think about the moment it happened and how wonderful it would be. Yeah, I think for me, leaving marks, um, I like to bite a lot and leave bruises. Um, and then, or, you know, during an impact scene, leave bruises. And I like to think about the way that they're going to look at in the mirror. And every time they look in the mirror, they have to think about me or, Every time that they sit down, they have to think about me. The brand that you present on Instagram is very, very stylish. How did you develop that particular style and 
because I can definitely tell there's some personal branding that goes into that. Oh, I hadn't thought of myself as stylish. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I started out um, getting clothing at places like Purple Passion and really starting to enjoy things like that. Um, I love PVC the most uh, because it's really comfortable for me to wear and also looks really sleek and fun. PVC is pretty amazing. I had a PVC catsuit at one time from our friends at Winter Fetish, and it was just just to wear it and to have others see me in it was pretty darn cool. I, I love wearing stuff like that and walking into the room and people being like, oh, wow, you look amazing. It's always a fun time. The shiny will do that. Exactly. Uh, medical professional. I You mentioned that you don't blend the two, which obviously in a professional realm, you never would. But what got you into the medical profession? So it's really interesting. Um, I actually uh, studied the anthropology of human bones. Yeah, as an undergraduate. And uh, then I got a job working in a hospital, um, working in orthopedics. And I loved working with patients. I thought it was amazing to see people at this really difficult point in their life and to be able to bring them comfort. And I just decided that that was something that I needed to pursue professionally. Did the study of the body help you understand the connection of kink, especially with impact play? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, being a medical professional and, and knowing what I can and cannot do safely definitely influences the way that I do kink. Has there ever been a situation in your medical profession where you've accidentally run into somebody who enjoys kink? Not that you would know who they are, but suddenly it's like, oh, you're one of my kind of people. No, but I have read a couple of uh, kink studies about, uh, sorry, a couple of medical studies about kinksters. And uh, I really like, there's an organization, Tashra, um, that does studies on kinksters as well. And so I try and stay plugged into the intersections of both of my interests. Tell me a little more about those. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, so a lot of, they do studies on kinksters and kind of their interactions with the medical professionals. You know, I mean, can, you know, a lot of times, can you imagine if you're, if you've had an intense impact scene and then suddenly you need to go to the emergency room or the doctor and kind of thinking about how to interact with medical professionals, but also there are trainings for medical professionals on how to interact with kinksters, you know, how, how not to, not to assume, let's say that bruises are from a domestic violence situation, but that they could be from something that people are enjoying. Interesting, because I have not heard of those kind of studies. Um, tell me, tell me more, because this is fascinating to me, because you would normally think that especially in an emergency room situation, they would instantly go, uh oh, we got a problem here. Maybe we need to address it. When a lot of times we realize, no, this is something we wanted to do. Yeah. So I think Tashra does some trainings. Uh, you know, I can't actually remember if there are organizations that do trainings for medical professionals on how to interact with kinksters in a, in a professional setting. 
Well, we'll definitely do some looking into that and maybe contact some of the people who did the study, because I think that would be a very, very interesting topic to go down. So as we begin to wrap up here, tell me a little bit about where you see yourself moving forward as a lifestyle dom and possibly what you might want to do even more than that. Um, so I... I think I'd like to, you know, keep going in my uh, professional career in medicine. I've thought about, you know, potentially becoming a professional dom in the future, just because I have so much experience in the kink world, but I'd also really love to, to continue developing my erotica. I'd love to make an erotica femdom novel. That's really one of my goals. And so many of those are written from almost a fan fiction perspective that it sure is nice to get the genuine article when you're talking about reading some femdom erotica where somebody's really understanding the connection that goes into that. Yeah, that's really my goal. Well, Lady Supernova, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and getting to be able to interview you. Tell us how we can follow you on social media and where we can connect with you. Uh, sure. So Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Lady Supernova. I'm on Twitter at Lady Supernova 2. Instagram and uh, I'm also on TikTok are the Lady Supernova. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. And it's always great to get to meet people out there in the kink community. And we do appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Katsu. Thanks for joining us for this special Friday edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kiki. I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www podcast and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash dating kinky this has been a presentation of dating kinky built by kinksters for kinksters poly queer trans folk and anyone not quite vanilla and it's free